Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental Familia, welcome back. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode, the second to last episode of 2021. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I know. It's my cat peeks up behind me. Um, if you're on video, you could have seen that. Come visit us on YouTube. <laughs> so for today's conversation, we deep dove into perfectionism and social anxiety and how to counteract that using intentions and examples from our own life and recent experiences. It was a really juicy conversation. I As always. Are, yeah, I think you guys are really going to like this one. And if you guys like this one, if you think that it, if it helped you, if there's someone that you think could benefit from hearing it, send it, share it to them. This is how we grow the community. This is how we call in our tribe. Yeah. And with that pretty mental family, now you're going to send me on a laughing spree. Oh, I'm just no. laughing at us because we never, we never say, we, ne we always forget to remind you guys to like or share or subscribe, like how people are supposed to do on these platforms. <laughs> we remember today. So you're going to hear us say it about five times. We're so proud of ourselves for remembering. <laughs> That's so real. That's I'm letting so you real. know. <laughs> right. So if you haven't done it by the end of this, unreal let it haunt your guilty conscience we're gonna haunt you in your sleep <laughs> if you don't like us <laughs> okay because we fulfilled our homework assignment oh man all right and with that pretty mental family <laughs> take in a deep breath with us and tune in <laughs> As we drop down into this space, we call in our higher selves. We call in all of the energies that are with us in this lifetime. We call in our deep truths, tapping deeper into the body, allowing the mind to rest as we dive into our inner guidance, our inner intuitive systems, our inner gods. As we open ourselves up, our hearts up, our throats up, we call in any messages that want to come through, any messages that want to be released for the highest healing of ourselves, our community, and everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. As we step in with love, May every being from corner to corner of the universe feel it. 
The portal is now open. Hello, Tina. <laughs> hey, Paula. We were still doing the intros. I wonder how that would look. I thought about that. I hey, literally. Paula. <laughs> hey, Valentina. And hello, everybody. everybody. <laughs> I feel so scripted. Oh, you guys, we're on YouTube right now. We're on YouTube right now. That's why we're saying, <laughs> wonder how it would look if it was on video. Yeah. Come watch us on YouTube. I know. We're getting really excited about this video thing, guys. Really, really excited. I realized <laughs> when we posted the, we, so this is our third YouTube video. And on the first one we posted, we never even posted the YouTube link anywhere. <laughs> we did it. This is what happens when you are. <laughs> no, we literally did it. I hope you guys can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know where to find us somewhere on YouTube. You know what? If you're looking for us on YouTube, type in Pretty Mental Podcast and we come yeah. up faster that way. So follow, subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Give us love. Yeah. You, Spread you guys the know, message. You guys know we're going to keep delivering these mental health conversations and join us for the ride. Join us for the come up, you guys. Be with us in the beginning before we blow out of the stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> we always forget to do that. We all, I, that's something I've thought about before and then I forget it. So I'm so proud of myself for remembering. Oh, uh, telling people to engage with us. Asking with people that? to engage with us, yeah. Just like going on YouTube and not putting the link anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we need a whole, we're the artists. We need a business manager. <laughs> you guys have no idea. The fact that we've been running for two years straight says, so much. <laughs> I like, can't believe it. I can't believe it. And everything comes full circle. Everything comes full circle. Like now what I'm, I'm well, because now I'm designing images for us since I do some of the, I do some of the visuals. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, I was like cropping your picture out yesterday and working on your face. <laughs> I'm like, do you remember when I wanted you to be my art model <laughs> and we would get into fights? It was so annoying. I would like literally be depressed and chilling in my room because this was when I was in my little, de my depression phase and Paula would knock on my door and be like, I want you to be my art model. Now I'm ready to draw. And I'm like, <laughs> this is miserable. <laughs> she would literally make me sit just in front of her and then for however long she needed and then switch positions until she could draw a new, a new, position and then switch positions it was so no I was like her Barbie I did have some of those bossy older sister qualities so annoying everything does come full circle though because yeah when I was cropping you out I'm just like uh the the irony <laughs> I'm back to drawing you Valentina <laughs> it's crazy it's when I sit here and think about how no desire is an accident. You know, if you have a desire, I believe that it's planted inside of you for a reason. Because I remember when I was in one of my majors, one of my like five majors, <laughs> I switched my major a million in one time. I think it's crazy that they make you pick what you're going to be. At oh like my God. 18. I remember thinking it was a joke. I remember they were like, 
in orientation, they have this list and they pick the one that most applies to you and then pick a minor. And I'm like, what is I'm supposed like, what? I don't know what I want to be. I'm, I'm just figuring myself out right now. This is nuts. The fact that like, they want us to choose who we're going to be like, that is the point of this life. You know, I feel like there needs to be some in between where they're like, why don't you figure out your soul first, then see what sparks you. And then we'll decide we'll allow it to unravel. But I remember having friends that they were like, oh yeah, I want to be in marketing. Oh yeah. I want. And some people know, some people know at like 17 or 18. And I just remember thinking like, am I just really like lost or weird? Cause I feel like the only one who is just thinks that this is absolutely absurd and has absolutely no idea what they want to do. This is why I was a marketing major, business major, journalism major, film major, <laughs> sociology. Uh, dude, I remember I tried being a business major for one semester and I, <laughs> my brain has never collapsed in on itself more. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this ain't, this ain't gonna cut it. I did get lucky because psychology always appealed to me. And that happens to be one of the academic disciplines and school school is essentially built for academics. If you think what it is. And so what happens to everybody else? So much of life is life is one big experiment. It's so much trial and error back to when you're saying when you were saying for us to find our souls first my experience with that has been that I feel like I've learned my soul as I go along the way of choosing things and then that not being it it's it's this I think Abraham Hicks if you guys are familiar with Abraham Hicks talks about this a lot how um, it, the contrast, the contrast and, and doing things and finding out that that's not it helps us get more and more refined on what path does align with us, but that does require some willingness to, to experiment. And you're right. That setup of choose what you want to be and be sure of it is the opposite of experimentation. And I was like, I was actually, sorry, I was reading an article that said that children learn best in environments that are low pressure Mm. and where there's a big tolerance for mistakes. Mm. And I'm like, that's the exact opposite. It's the opposite of system and the whole education system. Yeah. How the whole career process is sold to us. I feel like when you get older, you realize, Oh, okay. No, but I was, there's no way I could have figured this out when I was 18 years old. This has been this, where I am right now is completely the outcome of so much trial and error. It's just wild to me because I, I, some people, you know, we all experience different levels of sadness, depression at different ages. My depression came pretty early. I started questioning everything pretty early. And now when I refer back, I call it depression, but for me, it was really, me being asleep to my spirit, me being asleep to, to why I was here, me being completely disconnected from my spirit and only being a human who had no answers and just knowing somewhere in the corners of my mind that there had to be more, knowing that there, this just what I'm seeing in front of me and what they're telling me, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. I don't feel like 
I connect with anyone with the current model of things. I don't feel like I felt very alone and very isolated. And that is what sparked my depression. Later on, when I started, when I had more tools to gain awareness of my multidimensionality and I got in touch with my spirit, the depression lifted. Everything started making a little bit more sense. Everything I could, I could then kind of see from a bird's eye view what all of this was. I didn't feel like some human who looked above and just had to accept that there's just clouds and there's heaven, like dead people just go above the clouds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the things that they would teach us. And for me, knowing just that there was just way more and getting more in touch with my own inner guidance system, depression is no longer depression. It's just it's, I mean, there's a million different things, but one of the things that it can be is you're out of alignment with your spirit. Yeah. For me at this point, it's the way I frame it is that there's a part of me that a part of me that is deeply entrenched in conditioning Mm -hmm. in a specific type of conditioning. Cause you know, I view my psyche and I, I work from the parts system. Obviously, if you guys have been listening to this podcast, I work with parts but I experience symptoms of depression or experiences that feel depressed when I get flooded with a certain part of me that is deeply entrenched in a specific type of conditioning that feels painful. Mm-hmm. And there's moments where I buy into it a little more. And there's moments where I can see clearly that, oh no, this is conditioning. And there's way more to my awareness and my psyche than this one little conditioned aspect of myself. And I experience that that's something that comes in and out. Yeah. It yeah. Comes in and out. Like my mental health is definitely not always at the exact same level. It kind of like, it goes in waves, but now I know that when I do get flooded by a part that is conditioned with more problematic ideals, there's an aware, a background awareness that knows that this is kind of, this is just a wave that's happening and there's going to be another side and there's going to be a moment where I feel more like myself again. Yes. Yes. And back then, you know, just going to speak from my own perspective when I didn't have the tools to, to really, I questioned the norms of society and questioned how everything went, but not enough to like, I just thought I was a, a kind of a weirdo. I just thought that there was a disconnect between me and social interactions, disconnect between me and the social world. And that's where that depression between the, like where the conditioning comes from, right? Now, if there's a depression that's coming, I start thinking like, okay, I, I can tell that my life force is being drained because I think things have to be a specific way than they are right now or than they're, how they're playing out. And the thing that tells me that they have to be this specific way, it's because I'm comparing it to the norms of what society says certain things should look like. Mm-hmm. But when you trust in the unfolding of how things are going for you and you can come back to this moment of your beingness, it, it's hard to allow anything else to completely suppress your, your life force, you mm-hmm. know? Because when you're in the now, you're more aligned with your spirit. You're more aligned with trust. You're more aligned with just understanding that this is just where I am, you know? And just to loop that back around to the college situation, I, because I had that depression, because I was in such questioning for me picking what I wanted to be for the rest of my life, when my nervous system was in seriously dysregulated. And when I, I just felt completely out of place. I, it was so, it was torture. It was torture. I can imagine now 
with the tools that I have now and with the awarenesses that I've gained, I probably would go back and, and get, because now I know what my strengths are and what my mission is on the planet. I would be able to choose something that would best serve the planet and not, I think, you know, I don't know, man, just the, the, this, the whole education system is just so backwards to me. Yeah. I, I say that a lot of the work that I find myself doing as a therapist is undoing what the educational system has done. <laughs> like go through the education system and then go work with a therapist or a healer to identify the conditioning that took place. So you can decide which parts of that conditioning you want to keep or don't keep. But there is a big awakening that happens when we realize that it is conditioning mm -hmm. and it's not just the ultimate truth. That's what helps me. I think it's pretty much I, almost the same thing that you're describing. Just through my own lens, through my lens, it's that I, it really helps me to be aware of the conditioning. And I guess it's the same thing you're saying. I just, I just need, I, if I can know what the conditioning is and to kind of really get in there and I can pick it apart, then I can, and if I understand it and the roots of it, then I can decide, I can see it as something separate, not just as the truth. Mm -hmm. I think for you, you say that you felt like a weirdo. Cause you're like, I don't know that none of this, it's just not clicking mm -hmm. for me. It was that, oh, I, I might, I must just not be good enough. I internalized a lot of it. So it was like, okay, this is the prototypical type of appearance. If I don't look that way, oh, I'm not good enough. It's until later that now there's a wisdom in me and more awareness. There's a broader consciousness that can say, okay, that's just what society decided on. Um, which I think is important for us to address because if we're not able to name those things that actually it, it, these things actually do matter and, and they are real, we end up gaslighting ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like if you say, no, appearance doesn't matter. Yeah. It really actually fucking does. We live in a world where it does. Yeah. yeah. It does. I think I, yeah. I, I was thinking about it this past week and I'm like, the fact that we try to do that as a way to help people feel better about their unique appearance is akin to saying, is akin to colorblindness. Mm -hmm. It's akin to saying, no, skin color doesn't matter. No, race doesn't matter. When in reality, actually it does. On this planet, there are ways of looking that are idealized. There's ways of existing financially that are idealized. We can't say money doesn't matter because it does. Mm -hmm. But I think if we can name it and say, okay, it does matter under these, like these are the real consequences of it. So people really may respond in that way. We can't gaslight ourselves about it, but if we can get real about it, then we can, then we have power to decide whether or not we're going to choose for ourselves what our own mold is. Yeah. This concept of gaslighting yourself, I've been actually thinking about that a lot this past week because I'm really good at thinking. <laughs> like I am really good at being in a situation, 
getting out a list, writing out the pros, the cons, looking at it from every perspective, understanding that there's uh, 8 billion different realities that I could tap into in order to see this one way, dissecting the layers, seeing what is asking to be healed by it showing up. I mean, like, you know, going deep into it. And before I know it, I'm like, I feel like my brain is going to break, you know? And I, this past weekend, I felt myself, like I felt pretty calm on this specific day. I, I mean, at least I thought I felt pretty calm and I was about to do a breathwork session on myself. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't really want to do it right now. I don't want to do it. And I was feeling so much resistance, so much resistance. And with that resistance now, not always, but I really try to have it be an invitation to, to work through it. You know, in the past, maybe it'd be like, no, I'm not, you know, I would listen to whatever, <laughs> but I went, I did the breath work and I, at the very end of it, my brain, and this is why I love breath work so much. I was able to slow down enough to where I was able to get out of my brain and tap back into my body where it's a different experience, the wisdom that comes from the body than the one from the brain. Cause the brain is the one that holds the patterning of the different conditions and the norms that society puts on us, you know? And so a lot of that we can pay attention to, but a lot, a lot of that is also really, really harming us. But when we get into our body, it's a deeper level of knowing. Then it goes beyond what this earth is. It goes beyond this human existence. It goes into the knowing of spirit, into the energy of trust. When you can tap back into the body, you're not communicating with words or logic or anything. It's these knowings that like fizzle up almost like bubbles into your being. And I was able to slow down enough and just was reminded as if I needed to be reminded for the millionth time, but this is what it means to be human that like, God, man, we're just, we, we are not taught to slow down and use our bodies to guide us. This heavy reliance on the brain and trying to make meaning out of everything, which is really helpful in a lot of ways. is just, I feel like one of the just, biggest downfalls that we have of being human currently right now on earth. Yeah, we live, we, yeah, I mean, the whole academic system is a temple. I think Ram Dass said it, he said it much more eloquently than this, but he was saying, or was it Alan Watts? One of those. <laughs> One of the greats. <laughs> One of the greats that the academic system is, is, a, is essentially a temple idolizing the mind as, as that is the source of all information is intellect. Um, but we really do have to bridge both places and the mind is really good at picking up on all the conditioning and we are social beings. So I think for anybody, when anybody says that they don't care what other, uh, what other people think, or they don't care about being a part of the social game that we're all playing here. Mm -hmm. Um, is a little bit of denial because on some level we all care. Yeah. The only type of situation that I could imagine somebody really being at the point where they don't care is if they just 
really don't have the ability to experience empathy in their brain, or if they are so discouraged and disconnected from themselves and from life and just in an extremely depressive state, like if somebody's, you know, maybe homeless and not all homeless people in this state, but if that that's just like one of the most just being homeless and maybe being on drugs and just being fully disconnected and not just completely off in your own abyss. Other than that, we all do care. Yeah. On some level because we, I we're wired for connection and we live in these, the human system. I mean, it's not just survival of the fittest. Actually, there's a lot of work that's been done to like kind of out do that theory. It's really more survival of the most collaborative. Mm -hmm. We, the only reason you and I have this podcast and because we toil away (laughs) because we collaborate with each other. There's no way that Paula individually would have made this happen. Mm. You know, I can't speak for you, but I would say that Aries ass would have figured out a way. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) If we want to go far, we go together. Like we, we really do. We're built for dependence on each other to some extent. Codependence. That's another conversation, but overly being overly independent is also a trauma response. Mm -hmm. So this is a collaborative experience in which we are all kind of accepting each other or not accepting each other, bringing each other in or not bringing each other in. And there are rules that we've come up with that like, if you do this and that and that, if you have this and that and that, if you look this and that and that way, it's going to be a lot easier for you. Those are the rules. There's all kinds of examples of that being done differently. If we really sit there and look at it, it's not That's just like the prototypical rule that we were just given as a surface. There's a million ways for us to break that apart and come up with our own rules, but we, we have to accept that that's there before we can dismantle it. And I think until we get to the point where we dismantle it, we are ruled by that and we can end up crafting our whole life to follow that. And that gets us into the conversation of perfectionism. It's like, if you don't have these things and you're not showing up in this way, don't show up at all. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, perfectionism is a whole conversation that I think this podcast journey has been one big experiment in challenging our own inner perfectionists for sure this whole journey of finding your soul's calling of finding the career that aligns with you. It requires challenging that inner perfectionist that says like, no, you can't take that step until all these other things are in order or you can't, um, you can't let yourself be seen until these, all these things are in order. Or I think that's where the conversation ties in again to coming back to the body. Right. Right. Because are we operating from a place of 
I can't be seen because a million and one reasons that your mind is going to come up with. Like, I'm not ready yet. She's done it way better than me that he's done it way better than me. People are already doing it. I'm not ready. I haven't done it long enough. I, this, this is in the third, but when you're able to tap back into every single time that I tap back into my body with my breathwork experiences, the main thing always comes back to me, which is you are a vessel. You are of service. Your body is a vessel in this lifetime. How can I be of service? How can I be of service? And if you come back to that, how can I be of service? How can my body, this spirit be an offering in this lifetime? You're not going to worry about how you're going to be seen. You're going to worry about what you can do for your, your community when you show up. That's a big way to counteract perfectionism. For sure. Yeah. Taps back in. Go ahead. It's a good way to counteract any kind of social anxiety. Yeah. Cause the focus is off of you. It's not, how is everyone perceiving me? How is everyone looking at me? Do I look pretty enough for them? Do I look smart enough for them? It's, I am here as an offering of love. How can I listen deeper to this person? How can I open my heart more to this person? How can I be so present with this person that whatever needs to come through for the healing of us and everyone around us, you know, how can I just be here, be here, be here for the community, be a vessel for the community, for the collective and understand that this is not, this goes into the conversation of like, I'm not just here living as Valentina to live as Valentina and die as Valentina. You know, I'm here as part of the collective. I happen to be in one singular body, but this is, this is a group effort here on earth as I see it, you know, this is not about me. The second it becomes about me, it start the, the, the vision gets foggy. The, the confusion gets foggy, but when it becomes about for my community, what can I do for my community? Then it's what, then you're going to show up how in a way that is needed for your community at that moment, at that time, this isn't just about you. That's powerful. That's a really powerful way to counteract it. And, you know, I think that the over, I mean, the educate, our whole society kind of crafted us to do that. It's like, do you have what it takes to pass the grade? Do you have what it takes to get into the college? You have to be number one. Yeah. Do you have what it takes? So it's like, we kind of wire our brain to be very kind of that wires us to be very self-obsessed and Mm self-conscious. Do you have what it takes to be chosen versus taking that power back and saying, you know, what, what do I want to choose? But that, yeah, that overemphasis on that creates so much inner judgment that we end up all being kind of perfectionists about ourselves, about the way we speak, the way we look, the way we move, all those things. And then we impose, if we're not aware of that, that perfectionism gets imposed on other people. Yeah. And it becomes this whole dance of projection and judgments, which is exactly what cancel culture is. It's like, you have to say all the ways in which everyone is not letting themselves speak freely are the ways in which they're going to judge or we end up judging others when they do speak freely or all the ways that we expect ourselves to speak perfectly or to do things perfectly 
we have those same demands and expectations of other people. It's yeah. like, oh, you didn't say just the perfect, like even just then when I was saying the homeless person metaphor, I was like, oh, how can I say this in a way? Because that's not, that is such a multidimensional thing. There's a million different reasons why people are homeless. There's a million different reasons why anybody is any in any position, right? Like I would never in a million years say that somebody is choosing to be in that situation or anything like that. But when you step into controversial topics or controversial categories of topics, there's so many layers to all of it. And in one word or one sentence, you can only possibly ever express one layer. If you're a very, very skilled communicator, you may get a few more layers in there, but that still doesn't get the full extent of the meaning of the possible meaning of that situation. And because so many people put pressure on themselves to communicate things and to be understood perfectly, it's very, our culture is very quick to judge other people for saying things in ways that aren't, or for showing up in ways that just aren't. I don't even know fully that they're not. Yeah. That they're not tame. I mean, we do there's, there's, we're very quick to call people weird or crazy or, you know, who do they think they are? Whereas if we see someone who's just being completely, completely liberated and wacky, the truth we're like oh my god at least wouldn't it be amazing if we could see someone doing that and be like oh my god they are they're they are their true the truest expression of themselves right now not who do they think they are you know last night i went to a um a <laughs> i got him okay so i started my saying yes to life again going into 22 and i want to hear what you want you have to say about this too, but one of the things that I'm calling in is deeper community, deeper community for, um, yeah, deeper community of, of what, what I'm aligned with, you know, for me staying up till if I'm at a bar at 8 PM, I will be sleepy and falling everywhere, exhausted, not from drunk, just from sleepiness because that's just not my vibe, but it can be midnight and I can be in the middle of a chanting session and I don't want to leave. My spirit reacts that way. It blows my mind. I'm like, can we just like pretend for a minute here? This is, it's hard to like <laughs> be social with how quickly my body, my, my body demands total alignment. I feel like, yeah, I will go to dinners or bars <laughs> or places that are like typical by this society standards, like what 20 twenties people in their twenties would do partying, whatever. And I start dissociating. Like I, I look like I don't want to be there because my spirit is left somewhere. Like I start getting sleepy. I start, you know, but I can be in the middle of like a jam session and it can be 1am and I'm like, one more song, one more song. All You're like the, the most the, hype person there. <laughs> the most hype. I'm like jumping on couches. And I, so yeah. So one of my things was calling in more community of people who are aligned with, with that. And I um, started saying yes. And I then in the, the past two nights have been just so insanely beautiful. I've met like the most beautiful humans. And last night I got invited to a jam session in Malibu. And I <laughs> was like, I'm going to just wear sweats and be super chill and whatever. 
that, that was just, I, I I just imagine a jam session of like people like tambourines and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like some little drums and we're all just being like rowdy at least that's, it wasn't Atlanta you're just like rowdy and messy and whatever yeah, for sure and super I pull low key super low key and I pull yeah. up to this mansion <laughs> like I was like oh my god where am I like what is this like beautiful beautiful home and I had a friend who, who she made a slight brief comment because she got invited to that jam session as well. But she was like, I kind of feel intimidated by that, by that jam session. Sometimes everyone's so good. And I'm like, everyone always says, I don't know. I didn't think much into it. But then I, <laughs> and people, there's like full on, like, like actual singers and like artists, like this is our craft at this jam session. And the, and I was like, that's cool. That didn't like worry, worry me that much, but I'm like, this is a, like a true Californian <laughs> or LA jam session. And then all of a sudden they were like talking about how, like, we're going to go around in a cir circle and everyone is going to sing <laughs> like on <laughs> their own. <laughs> oh and I was like, I'm seeing heat waves in my body. <laughs> I'm like, what did I, what is this? Why didn't anyone warn me <laughs> that I was coming to like a fucking concert rehearsal? <laughs> they had like violins and guitars and saxophones and like you will now be featured on the Eleven Alive News. <laughs> it was like for your solo. There's been so moments, so many moments this year for me that that are like movie worthy. That like I'm like only, people only would believe certain things, especially of how they like. If you were just in my shoes, I'm like, this belongs in a fucking movie. Some that are just nuts. This one isn't that nuts. But so I'm like sitting there and I had my, I, I do intentions before I go into every situation. About 10 minutes into every time I arrive somewhere, I turn all my music off. I get really into my heart and I start speaking to my guides. And I called in for this one. May my... This is before I knew anything. May my, may my freedom meet your freedom. May my liberation meet you at your liberation. Mm. And I really called that in and I got into that energy. So, and I got there and they're like, Hey, we're going to go around and everyone sing their name. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I really wish oh I was a fly on the wall. <laughs> for this situation. <laughs> My, my liberation, your, your liberation. And I just had, I got, this is the power of intention. Had I gone there before saying anything, I would have been like, I, why am I here? What? This isn't so embarrassing, but I get there. And, um, and at, at this point, like I'm so in the world of my intentions. I believe in them fullheartedly. I've seen the outcomes that they do. Like I believe in them. I may, I marry them. I make them my entire being. I don't just put intentions out there and like, I'm like, no, like I want to feel this in my cells. I want to feel this in my system. I'm committed to this intention. This is my reality at this time. And it, I was just amazed that I did it. <laughs> I did it. You did it? Of course. Of course. I had like you to. just belted out your name. <laughs> I just belted out my name. And not only did I belt out my name, I was Adele for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is gotten into me? <laughs> I had 
just met everyone there. <laughs> it's got to be the most California moment ever. I just met everyone there. And I was like, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, full on, we were all singing songs and like, <laughs> they, uh, I'm, I don't even know. I was just like, Vons, you know, what is coming into you? Like fully at one point I had like my hand covering one ear and the other one on my chest singing, <laughs> like, I felt like a real singer because I was like trying to focus on my voice and like, oh, but it was man. so freeing. It was I'm so sure freeing that I was like, I'm, I, I was seeing every other person before me sing their name. And even though when they did it, I was like, who are you? And what is your <laughs> occupation? <laughs> because How many classes have you taken before this jam session? <laughs> oh my, How long is, have you been practicing? <laughs> this is absurd. Are you on tour currently? <laughs> and, but they were singing their names like so powerfully. And, I, and, and, and all I could see in that moment was, was the energy of their liberation, of their freedom. Mm. and like I that just opened my heart so much and at that point it really didn't matter to me what I was gonna sound like yeah and I was even in my head having this conversation of like oh my god it did it did come to me like oh my god you're you know gonna sing really out of tune and like you do not sound like these people here and they may wonder why you're here whatever and I'm like "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh that's like not that's not what this is about this is not what this is about. We all came here tonight. You know, if we were going to record an album, I'm sure they would have let us know, you know, <laughs> we all came here tonight to completely free ourselves, to tap out of the mind, to come together in community and just let our, our hearts speak through our throats. And That's so cool. And that was the rest of the night for me. And I'm addicted now. I'm like, I want to come to every single one. <laughs> Dude, I saw spiritual circles groups do the funniest things. If you have a bird's eye view on it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. like ecstatic dance. I mean, I do it too. I've done <laughs> people rolling around, crawling on the floor, just every little part of us that felt constrained by these conditioning systems is just erupting full force. In totally. those circles, we're back to being our inner child and letting ourselves play. And it's, it's like, right when we give ourselves permission to do it, it's so easy. It's so easy because that's our natural state is wanting to play. Maybe it might be a little harder for others where you have to slowly take apart the layers until you can finally be in a place of comfort, but you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And you allow your spirit to come through. And like that, that's why those things you know, I didn't want to, I literally got home at almost 2 AM. That is unheard of with, for me because I, oh, wow. I, I just, you, you feel free when we allow ourselves to not show need to show up only, you know, in, in perfect, in perfect ways, how it should be, but we allow ourselves to show up. How can I meet my community here? How can I be of service to my community? You know, I wanted to come in just as much energy as they did because they opened my hearts when they belted out their names and I wanted to do the same for them. And that's all I could focus on when it did come to me. Like, I, I really did not. How, how am I going to sound? That wasn't even there when it came to me. I'm like, I want to you opened your heart and it that opened my heart. Now I want to open my heart so your heart can open because we're creating a space of just this is, you know, in, in the times that we are in the world right now, like there is a lot of stress. There's a lot of fear a lot of sadness, a lot of density. And the ways that we 
get back into the space of it's all going to be okay. One of the ways is really tapping into that inner child. That's why it's so cool that there's more and more communities rising up and more and more circles rising up and gatherings of jam sessions. This, I didn't know this was one of the things, uh, ecstatic dance. Yeah. Just places where people can show up and practice this safely because it's not safe in every environment. Yeah. It's not, there yeah. is a lot of environments where people are playing politics. And, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way before I was talking to a friend recently and he, and I was thinking of going to this one situation and I was like, God, I, you know, well, first of all, what is situation, an event, like a gathering or oh. whatever. And I, I didn't feel super compelled to be there. And he was just like, oh yeah, you don't want to play politics. And I was like, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, mind blown. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. I always think politics is if you're in a work setting or doing something for your career, but that's something that happens socially too. If the people that you're engaging with are very preoccupied in how they're appearing, if everything is super put together, like it's just, you just can feel that. Mm -hmm. You can feel that in a lot of settings. And not a lot of people show up naked. Uh-uh. You know? and, and if you show up naked to a place where everybody is really committed and their intention, subconscious or not, is to play politics. Like, how can I look as good as possible and like seem as on top of all this as possible? And then you show up <laughs> without an agenda. It can it's, it's it can be unsafe. Yeah. Because they're going to take out the ways in which they're not letting themselves be free. They're going to take that judgment out on you. Mm -hmm. and make your inner child go into more hiding after an ex if that were to take place. I know people whose inner child will not go into hiding no matter the context, but my mom, yeah, <laughs> my mom is one for sure. Yeah. But eventually if you don't have the awareness that there are safe spaces and spaces that are not as safe, you can end up injuring yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that kind of blew my mind. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. I had never thought of that socially that that's what we're doing is playing politics mm -hmm. a lot of the times. And my favorite kind of hangouts are the ones where like we can show up in sweats and you know, if you are dressed up or not dressed up, like it doesn't matter. We're just here to connect. We're here to share. We're here to be perfectly imperfect where it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter any of that. We just genuinely want to connect with each other. Those are the best the most playful environments. And I think often we only experience that with friends that we've had for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Family, sometimes not even that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not even that. If the pool, the water that your society or your community has been swimming in is deeply entrenched in appearances, not even that, then it, it might take going somewhere like California and or somewhere you know, where a lot of these spiritual gatherings are happening or ecstatic dance groups are gathering to experience, to get a taste of that freedom and to get a taste of community that, and people that are deeply committed to their liberation. Mm -hmm. 
to being aware of, you know, I, as I'm hearing you say liberation, and I want to hear what your definition of that is. What's coming up for me for my definition of it, and I guess I've said it in different ways throughout this podcast, is knowing exactly what the conditioning is of the water that we're swimming in, getting very real about it, like not trying to hide from it, not trying to gaslight myself about it, calling it for what it is. And then once I give myself permission to do that, then I get to decide which parts of those, that game I'm going to play and which parts I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm the kind of person that I need to see it and I need to see the root of it and the layers of it so that then I know what I'm doing as I'm walking away or choosing to play. Mm-hmm. What's your definition? <laughs> My definition, when I tap into how liberation feels in my body, it it's letting my heart, it's leading with my heart, with however my heart wants to express itself. Mm. And being, I don't know if this is courageous or what, or daring or what the right word is here, but I'll say daring, being daring enough to be to not, to not care how you're going to be perceived because the main goal here is allowing your heart to speak and allowing your heart to connect with other hearts who are also open to connect. And I remember my ex always used to say to me, he would be like, you just live in a world of rainbows and butterflies. Don't you? I'm like, hell to the fuck. Yes, I do. That is the only way that I do. I do. And sometimes that would actually like piss him off. And sometimes it would piss other people off, but that is, or they would be, you can't do that. Why? My thing is why, why can I not do that? Why can I not be wild and crazy and sing and be weird and whatever, you know? I think where social anxiety comes from is when you have, again, you're, you're worried about the perception of other people. It's not necessarily because you have an issue of how, with you, how you show up. There's no issue in how you show up. No one needs you to talk in a certain way or act in a certain way. Continue to, continue to do that. Continue to do that. And the right people will begin to appear. You will continue to, you will call in the people who are also willing to be really goofy and do cartwheels with you and live in rainbows and butterflies. You know, social anxiety is not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just, some people's hearts are not open to the way that your your heart wants to express itself. And there are people like that that are out there. Last night I was in a circle, people (laughs) were howling and making monkey noises. And these people were like, Full on, just it, it was funny. It's funny when you do and 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 zoom out view. But when you're in it, we were all, we were all just singing Disney songs at the end of the night and just being so allowing our our hearts were leading. None of us were thinking at that point. I felt buzzing at the end of it because my spirit was so alive. Like yeah. our our hearts were totally totally leading in that situation. And that's liberation when my, there's no place for the mind. I'm not thinking about anything. I think what you're saying about intention is a really good cure for social anxiety, a really good, or a really good practice for anybody that experiences social anxiety. It's a practice. 
Like there may still be some nerves every single time, but if you do take that moment to be conscious of what am I looking for in this interaction? Mm -hmm. And if we stop to ask ourselves that when we're feeling nervous, probably a lot of us will find that we're looking for acceptance. But the moment that we see it, then we can override it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the intention thing is powerful. And I think also for those who have, the intention thing is so powerful, man. And, and for those who have social anxiety as well is, you may be thinking <clears throat> of what you need to say in certain moments and how best you can say it in order to be well-received. Practice listening, mm-hmm. you know? Practice showing up and and listening and hearing other people's stories. And through that, you may find that the conversation may run a little more smoother than when you're thinking about what you're going to say. Yeah. Because it becomes a a conversation of like authenticity at that point. And for listening, I do believe that being in the body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes that skill possible. Mm-hmm. because if we're not, if we don't know how to ground ourselves in, then the mind is going to be looking for what's the next, what's the next thing that I have to say? How am I going to respond to this? What's the witty thing? But if you can kind of be in the body and let the mind rest, that can definitely help. And most people want to, I, I had a, um, I had a mentor, um, who, a supervisor who always said that most people would rather be interesting than interested. So if you just know how to listen to people and get curious about them, people don't, a lot of times don't know why, but they're going to enjoy spending time with you. They're going to enjoy being around you because until we realize that most of us are out here just trying to say the smartest thing. Mm -hmm. trying to say the coolest thing, trying to show up in the coolest way. And that's usually not what gets humans to gravitate to us as much as like how present can you be and how pure is your intention? I think that's something that can definitely be sensed. Totally. People can totally sense that. You can sense it. I think, you know, I think anywhere in the world, but especially in, in California, because this is where a lot of people come because Hollywood, this is where a lot of people come to be someone, quote unquote, like to be to somewhere in the entertainment world to, to make it in a certain space. So in a lot of interactions, it can be like, what are you trying to get from me? And that is something that I've, I've noticed with even in different conversations. I've had a lot, I think everyone, honestly, every, almost everyone thinks that of everyone of you, are you trying to get an in with me in some way? you know, and the, like tying that back to the intention or what, like, what are you in that conversation for? I forgot how I was going to tie this into completely. My mind is blinking a little bit, but it's, I forgot how I was going to tie this back in. Paula. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too present in my body right now. I was too present with every word that I forgot how I was going to tie this in, but it was somewhere, <laughs> somewhere going back to, to 
I, I'm, I'm just really aware now of like more than ever, maybe because that's a heightened thing here of connecting with people in their hearts. Like, I want to know who you are beyond what you do. I don't want to know what you, well, honestly, I do like knowing what people do because I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, what, yeah. what, what? Yeah. Sometimes I ask that question. I'm like, but I really just want to know. I know. I'm like, I don't want to do anything with it <laughs> I unless just, you like <laughs> fucking take care of monkeys. And then I'm like, invite me to your farm. But I, yeah, I think a, a lot, everyone kind of has that in their mind, but at the end of the day, all of us just want to connect with each other's hearts. Everyone just wants to be seen to be seen. Yeah. And it can be scary because of all of the conditioning and all the experiences of rejection that people have cataloged in their minds. And that's why, I mean, in exposure therapy, we always talk about practicing imperfection. I remember when I was in grad school, one thing that I, I had a, a really cool professor in grad school that was like, made us decide what grade we wanted and child at the beginning of the semester made us decide what grade we wanted for the class and challenged us to not pick A's. Challenged us to, to choose to get B's and stuff like that. Cause I mean, it was grad students, like everybody's super perfectionist. So did everyone say B? I don't remember. I think I was like, man, but I still kind of want an A. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Like B.99. <laughs> oh, play your game. But practicing imperfection is a really good form of exposure therapy. Just showing up before you think you're ready. We do that all the time on this podcast. Do we ever? <laughs> 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 do we ever <laughs> i'm sure you guys have picked up on it and if you haven't then we must be masters <laughs> <laughs> and if we haven't then just ignore everything we just said we are perfectly trained and ready to be podcast hosts that's uh, that's what it is though i keep meeting people here who have made it really far in their careers and they're still pretending they're still making it up as they go you know, and they yeah. just learn more and more how to, how to keep going, but no one, it, it's such an illusion to think of like, until you're perfect enough to be seen. It's like, no, no, no. Take messy action. Just go take messy action. You're not going to have a lot of eyes on you in the beginning anyway. So it doesn't matter, you know, keep course correcting as you go. Yeah. I had a friend who was like, when people first tune into a show or a series, the show or the series has about two episodes to hook people's attention or not. And like, if you mess up in those first two episodes, you're screwed. Well, Valentina and I, <laughs> well, there goes that. Honestly, if the message in your heart, if your heart's in it and you're going to keep hacking away at it and hacking away at it and your intention is not to do it for the approval of it or acceptance of others. I mean, obviously we all want to be successful. Obviously, yeah. we all want our passion projects or the things that we'd love to be welcomed. But I'll refer back to what you always say about the power, how the universe responds to momentum. If you keep going and you stay conscious of your intention, eventually something will lead you somewhere. Mm -hmm. But while also being realistic about, okay, what is really like, I still got to pay my bills or how can I still create a safe environment for myself? So it's, it's this sweet balance that I think everybody just needs to figure out for themselves between how much safety and how much risk. 
and backing that up with an intention of how can I be of service mm-hmm. is a really, really good way to take your power back in mm-hmm. this process. Because as m- we don't realize how much of our power we're handing away when we don't stop to question that. We just feel nervous and we want to do things perfectly so people respond in a certain way. That that shows up. We show up nervously. If we can take that step back and say, okay, what am I doing this for? Yeah. And then when you can get yourself to show up, you're reminded of why you want to continue showing up. I remember when I first started seeing breathwork clients, I remember before I ever saw my first one, I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know. How are they going to trust me? How are they like all of those imposter syndrome thoughts going into my mind? But I had, I did have the stronger desire in my heart. I knew that I was holding on to this very potent tool and I felt super selfish holding it back to myself. So I'm like, I keep all this. (laughs) This is beyond me. I'm holding on to treasure right now. (laughs) And I, and that's, that is the intention of how I allowed myself to be open enough to start seeing clients. I'm like, this is, I am just the vessel. I am just the vessel which this is going through, you know? Yeah. I remember after, oh, sorry. And I, every time I remember after seeing my first breathwork client, I almost like fainted because I was so happy. Like (laughs) the energy just, I, I, it's such a potent experience for, for the people who do breath work. I always journey with them. I full on go into the, the dimensions with them. And I remember being like this, this, we need more of this. And then I would be nervous again for the other one. But then I remembered how it felt to show up with my first client. And I remember how powerful that was. And I remember what they walked away with the things that they walked away saying, I'm like, I can't hold out on this treasure for the next person. <laughs> and then it kept just going and going and going. And, and then, and that's how it is for my next endeavor. It's like, how can I, this is beyond me. This is beyond me. I remember when I, after or during my ayahuasca ceremony, I saw this image of a human body and with all, you know, those images where it shows like the red and the blue veins going through the body. Yeah. And anatomical. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anatomical drawings. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember seeing that human body as the, the world, as the universe, as all of us, that one is all of us. And then I saw, I remember seeing a stray cell being like, but I don't, this is me, 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 me getting self-conscious and me, me forgetting that they were a part of that body and they were being astray and it causing complete chaos and disorder within the rest of the system. And that's something that I continue to see all the time within my mind and remembering like, this is not about me. Truly. This is not about me. You know, I don't think this is about any of us. The second that we start thinking that this is about me, it is going to be extremely lonely. Mm-hmm. when we remember that this is if you choose to see it this way this is how I choose to see it see it that I am here as part of that one body I'm here for the collective how can I show up for the collective today how can I show up to be of service how can I continue to be an offering for my brothers for my sisters for my family for my ancestors for everyone around me 
it's almost like you, you, I end up feeling cornered by the universe when I feel myself trying to hide in the background. I, I feel the universe telling me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what you came to do in this lifetime. You know who you came to be. You know what your mission is. We need you. You need you. You need each other. Go show up, show up. Do not lose focus. Come back, come back to us. Yeah, I think that that's something that has definitely grown stronger in me in these past couple of years is the awareness of when those fearful conditioned little parts in me come flooding in and there is a temptation when, when that happens to just want to hide, hide and go into like my own, don't look at me, don't touch me. <laughs> like I'm just going to go off into this corner over there. But at this point, I'm so aware of how there's an awareness that if I can just stay connected a little while longer, it's going to pass. And I didn't let it derail my life. Connected to what? To other people. Mm. To other people and to my work. To what I'm doing. I guess it goes back for me, it goes back to being aware of my values and what keeps me alive and filled with life energy. And knowing that even in those moments where those parts of me that hold more fear try to flood in, I have to just be aware that they're there. Maybe send them some compassion, but I gotta keep showing up. Or, and I got to keep showing up. Mm -hmm. I got to keep showing up. Even if it, I mean, whatever that part of me might be saying, I just got to keep showing up. And that makes the wave of emotional challenge, whatever it might be, pass by faster. Mm -hmm. It makes it, it's like, that's how I surf. Like, I got to stay in connection. Mm -hmm. I got to remember, I've got to remember what my values were when this wasn't flooding me. And I've got to find a way to stay connected to that. Even when I'm being flooded mm -hmm. by these challenging emotions. And if I can do that, it's a form of exposure therapy in and of itself, because when we're uncomfortable, one of the biggest things that we want to do is avoidance mm -hmm. or we just want to go to these other things that are just going to be soothing, but they're not going to push us forward. And if we can just notice that that's there, but keep moving towards what we value, which for you is being of service. For me, it's being of service too. Then my life kept going and there's a certain level of self-trust that's being cultivated through that process and the appreciation of yourself. I mean, I think, you know, people say something I often that's often said about what self-esteem is, is esteemable acts. You know, there's layers to that. Cause I know in the spiritual conversation, it's like you are worthy just because you are. And also when we do things that are challenging and we face into them and we keep moving in the direction of our values, even when we, at times we don't want to, 
and we get over that fear of being seen or we get over that fear of failing publicly. <laughs> we get over that fear of whatever it is or do it with the fear. Yeah. And we did it however imperfectly we did it and we kept going. You start to kind of admire yourself. Mm -hmm. And that self-esteem does grow. So I think that just... I can see my worth just because I exist, but I'm the kind of person that I definitely benefit from taking action in the direction of my values. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us as humans, you know, we came to this planet to evolve. The opposite of evolution is stagnation. I think naturally all of us have this pull to continue to evolve. And that's why we ask deeper questions. That's why sometimes we fall into a depression because that depression is there to wake us up to that stagnation. And what we're trying to not feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really important to, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I think it's really important to figure out what your belief systems are because the way that we operate life is through our subconscious programming, you know, and when we can figure out what our belief systems are and start aligning ourselves to that, we can start rewiring the things that are in our subconscious and then the ways that we act will be filtered through that belief system. You know, if we have an inherent belief system that this world, this, the, this universe has my back, you know, I'm always guided. I'm always held. It really starts to, the way that you show up in life becomes really, really different when you can have that as one of the innate programs that you you operate in, in this life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay. yeah. Or, or for example, believing that everything is a competition or believing that it's a collaboration. Exactly. So really getting real with yourself and figuring out like, okay, this, what, where allow your beliefs to expose themselves to you, you know, and get really real with yourself, really real with yourself. Of, do you have a belief that like the universe is out to get you? Maybe you don't consciously think that, but just really see if anywhere in your life, if you feel that popping up or whatever they are, figure them out. And then I feel like we could do a whole workshop on this because I have so much more to say with that, but it is really important to know our beliefs. So then we yeah. can figure out how we're going to move through the world. And that is another way to counteract that perfectionist thing, because you know, if we believe that everything is here to see us rise, I'm going to show up. So whatever that thing is can help me rise. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to wait until I'm whatever. I'm mm. going to go meet the energy that is waiting for me in that space. What helps me a lot too, is just identifying my values, which is more or less the same thing. T to me, values are a more simplified version. If you, if, if a fully elaborated belief doesn't feel accessible or available, or you, you just aren't there yet. Just being able to say, okay, this is what I value. I value connection. I value learning. I val I mean, just if you, the value system exercises is, a, it's, it's a good buildup to beliefs. If you're not sure what the beliefs are, uh, but they're very much interconnected for sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like, let's see, I wrote some stuff down. I think we got everything. Yeah, I think we got everything. Amazing.
Well, I want to know what you're going to call in for 2022. We can have that in the next episode. Okay. And then I'll think of my other things because I said community, but I will allow it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Amazing. Thank you guys for tuning in with <laughs> us. <laughs> we love you. We love you so much. Thank you for continuing to show up with us. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Thank you for believing that it can get better and better and better and better because it can. Wherever you're at right now with however you're feeling, just know that you're not alone and know that if you're in a place right now that doesn't feel amazing, continue to show up for yourself and believe with blind faith that it will get better. One step at a time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Los queremos mucho. Los queremos mucho. Mwah. Be kind to yourselves out there. And remember that every part of you is welcome here. <laughs> Say it again, Valentina. Now let's sing a song, Paula. <laughs> I actually was like, <laughs> no, I literally though I was like, I should have one of the one of the um the hosts of last night. He was so magical. I was like, I should ask him to come on this podcast and just like talk to us about the power of voice and the power of, you know, all the things that we did tonight. And then I was like, hail to the nah, because he's going to make a sing on the podcast. probably. And I'm not ready for that kind of liberation. Ah, <laughs> uh, you should totally get him. That sounds amazing. Uh, would you sing? I would do it. I love singing. You know, Spotify yeah. came up with the, um, you know, they show lyrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have karaoke sessions like every morning and every night as I'm taking off like my makeup for the night or if I'm like, just, I belt uh, out, belt of it. Of course you do. Of course you do. Oh yeah. Fully. Okay. We love All you right. guys. Well, remember, subscribe, like, share, comment. <laughs> share, <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> invest. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the things. Yeah. All right. Bye, fam. fam. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.